All right. We're back again for another episode of the Young Millionaire in Training podcast, the YMIT podcast. Today, I actually got a special guest here, Mr. Marvin Banks, Marv B. If you all remember, I talked about being on one of the shows that he produced a few months ago, the Man Listen Show. He also hosts and produced Conversate at the Dark, Conversate with us. He got this business Buy me a drink, DD's Daiquiri's, okay? His yeah. book, Active Black Dad. And uh, you're a notary as well, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, we're getting that, we that popping too, yeah. Perfect. In addition to all those, he wanted to come in and he had reached back out to me so we could talk about mental health. Y'all know that's been a big piece with me as I was going through my recent battle here. So it's good that we can have another man in here, another black man in here that we can sit and have those conversations because those are those conversations we really have to have in our community so that we can help it because it's a brand new concept to our community. So if you don't mind introducing yourself in case I miss something, because I know you a man of new talent. Nah, that was a great intro. I appreciate you, my brother. My name is Marv B. Like you said, I got multiple podcasts that we're putting out there trying to do good stuff for the community. I got my man listen show with my crew. That's my original podcast. We talk about everything black. We talk about everything back from pop culture, the politics, sports, or whatever, anything that's affecting the community, we on that. Then I have Conversate With Us, which is my own individual show, where I interview people individually about different business endeavors they have going on. I have politicians come on, talk about politics, basically anything positive going on in the Black community. It's more one-on-one interview style, sit-down style with myself. And then I have Conversate After Dark. Now, After Dark, y'all can pretty much assume what the After Dark is about. Uh, that's what my home girl, Tay Delilah, that comes on. All these shows are on YouTube. They're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can find us on all those places. So good content, well-rounded content, and uh, educational. So definitely, you want to support us, we we'll do that. And I also have my book, Mythbusters, Lessons from Active Black Fathers. You can find that on Amazon. Again, that's Mythbusters, Lessons from Active Black Fathers where we talk about fatherhood and mistakes that I made as a father coming up. I tell people, if you're looking for a book that help you make like a D1 athlete or a Rhodes Scholar, don't buy my book. But if you want to be a better father and have a good relationship with your children, buy this book and learn from my mistakes. I had some success, but my mistakes, I put them out there as well. So yeah, I appreciate you letting me be on the show, man. And I'm definitely feeling the movement and the energy that you put forward. I admire your passion. I admire your dedication. And most of all, here recently, I admire your vulnerability because that's not something that's common with many of us Black men. There's this notion that we have to be hard 100% of the time. And that notion, that mindset that we can't be vulnerable and say, hey, something's going on with me. I'm having a hard time. If we don't address that, it ultimately end up killing us. I definitely want to come and be a part of that movement and talk to you. Yeah, that's about it, man. Nah, definitely, bro. That was great. And all those links will be down in the bio to everything. So you can go and check those out. And bro, and I really appreciate you saying that, man. That's been just a part of my mission here recently that God placed on my heart to share those things because social media so often is a highlight reel for people. And even myself, I'm guilty of it because I don't, Mm -hmm. I've even said, I'm not putting any of my stuff on social media so people can talk about it. But That same highlight reel also breeds that competition and that comparison. Mm-hmm. I was like, there could be somebody out there. I don't know, but there could be somebody out there comparing themselves to my life or whatever the case may be. And I'm like, my right life is not always rosy. I go through things. And comparison so. is the root to unhappiness. <laughs> rock- I can't remember how it goes exactly, but somebody said it and it was, but it's you comparing your life to somebody else's that's going to make you unhappy 
all of the time because not all of us is just balling out 100% of the time. And a lot of people that balling out, oh, I'm this top-notch entrepreneur, I'm doing all these different endeavors and I got these investments accounts and I made this much money on crypto and I've done this and I've done that. They're showing you the highlights. Some of them will show you the lows and if they do, it's real measured. That vulnerability and just being honest with who you are, I think that matters and people appreciate that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's all about, like you said, saving lives and mm -hmm. bettering for people because admittedly, more I've been one of those classically been one of those bootstrap people i just pushed i'm just gonna run through the wall that's all who i was and i was like right. i finally ran into a wall that i couldn't run through yeah and yeah. i was like oh these walls do exist <laughs> yeah and you need help yeah i did that we talk about the podcast and all the podcasts that i have and really the podcast the original podcast that i started the man listen show that was something that was important for me to start saving my own life. I have four children. Um, I'm divorced now. I was married for 15 years. And I found myself in a severe state of depression. Mm. And you talk about, hey, listen, I, I can run through these walls. Basically, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm just going to power through this. So I get the kids to practice, get them to recital, I pay the bills, I cook dinner, I do everything to keep y'all going. I'm good. I'll fix myself later. And it wasn't until my wife at the time was like, nah, man, this ain't working. It's not working. And really we had, she, she did her own individual intervention and it started with finding something that I could do that wasn't associated with her or the children. And I was very opinionated on social media. I was leaving my opinions and creating dialogue and discourse. So I said, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast. I saw Roland Martin, one of my frat brothers, and different people with their podcasts. And I was like, man, I could do that. So I said, let me start this podcast. But I see sometimes when I'm putting my opinions out there, people have something for me and I don't have a comeback. So I need to try to find the people, some people that, that are down for me that are smarter than me so they can have my back. So I got my three partners. I got a C and my brother laugh. And we started the show, man. We started the show and it's took off, man. And it's giving me, and I mentioned that I'm now divorced, mm. been divorced for going on about a year now. Mm. And me with my podcast and doing, creating content, you got to be on it. You can't take breaks. You got to put it out there. You're going against people who have multi-million dollar corporations behind them, the Breakfast Club and everybody. You compare your content, you're like, man, my shit, this is good as theirs. You know what I'm saying? Why well, I'm not getting the clicks and the views? And you realize that a lot of those views, a lot of those clicks and stuff, some of that stuff is manufactured. Some of that stuff is purchased. Yep. It has to be something that you love to do. I actually love doing this. I love talking to people like yourself. I love having people on the show. I love the dialogue and creating stuff for people to listen to. And it's funny, you get into this business and people tell you like, oh, podcasting as a way of business. Podcasting is a way to make money. Yeah, I've made some money. I definitely can't retire. I'm definitely not rich on podcasting. I'm rich internally because I love what I do. It's fun. It keeps me going, keeps me distracted. And that's why I brought up the divorce thing because I went into a new phase where what I'm gonna do. My kids is grown. They don't really need me 24 seven. Don't have a wife. So what I'm going to do. So I poured myself into what I, my hobby, which is also my business as well. And it's just, it's been a blessing for me. And I thank her for that, for pushing me to try to find something because that's what I have now. And with this 2023, we're going to take this to the next level.
No, nah, absolutely. Bro, matter of fact, speaking from the mental health standpoint, and you touched on it in there, because I know it was something that I battled with, that not getting into comparison with other podcasts, but at the same time, trying to figure out like how to move properly to grow mine has been like a, a I'm going to say a battle on finding that balance. So like, how do you find that balance? What I want mine to look like and growing and make sure I'm staying with the culture or whatever the case may be, but at the same time, not just getting so stuck and comparing yourself. So I try not to consume a lot of other people's content because I don't want to inadvertently copy their and copy their opinions when I'm putting my content out. I'm putting, I want everything to be original thought. I do watch other podcasts that I feel that are successful and I look at, okay, this is how they're marketing their podcast. This is what they're doing. This is how much time they're putting out. Like people post it. Content creators will tell you like just different ways to put content out. Like you put out the content that you have, put out clips, you do behind the scenes stuff. Okay. Cause people like seeing how you produce it and all that. And I'll watch it and be like, okay, they're using that equipment. They're using this, they're using that. Let me invest. They got this type of setup, but I still try to make it my own. And the biggest thing that I had to learn because this is my man, the man listen show was my first quote unquote business that I started something for myself. And I remember when I first started, I was like, damn, man, my people ain't even fucking with me for real. I'm putting this podcast out and they're not even listening. What, what's the deal? And because I know how I am, I know how passionate I am about supporting my friends. If you got a book, I'm buying it. Yep. I didn't have people put out like kids books. My kids was teenagers and grown. I'm buying little bitty kids right. books. I'm buying different food and shit. I don't even eat. I just anything yep. to, you know, let you know, okay, I'm supporting you and your vision. And then when I saw that I wasn't getting that type of love, man, it hurt my feelings. Right. And so I went on this rant on Facebook. People don't even support me, just that and the other. And I realized, man, I sound like a damn fool. <laughs> because honestly, if your business only consists of your family and friends, you don't have a business. Oh, agreed. You don't have a business. There are billions of people in this world. I don't know how many people in this world. There are billions. I want to say billions. Yeah. Billions of people in this world. And there's so many more people that you don't know than people you know. Sell to them, find your lane, find your market, and then go after that. So anytime anybody start a podcast or a business, you know, I help them out. I didn't give a lot of free advice because I didn't, I made a lot of mistakes. And when we first started, man, listen, show, man, we was janky. We was janky. Same. Some of my people didn't have, we talked about we had the struggle mics and different programs we was using and the, the audio quality. But I would say, don't let the pursuit of perfection get in the way of progress. Agreed. So even if I had a show, we did our, we did a live show and the way I recorded it, the video didn't look right. I said, man, I'm put it out anyway. People still watch. Don't let the pursuit of perfection get in the way of pro- progress. And just keep going, keep pushing yourself. And you can't compare yourself in a negative way. You can't say, mm-hmm. oh man, Mars got the man listen show. I got YMIT. YMIT put out its last few shows and we probably only got 10 people to watch. I look at Marv shows. He got to say, I get 60 people to watch. You can't do that. I've been in this five years. We have our five year anniversary of my show. And it wasn't always like that. And it still ain't where it should be in my personal opinion. Right. It's still not. 
Because I promise you, the content I put out, Charlamagne the God, DJ Envy, all of them, my shit just as good as theirs. Agreed. I'm not, that's not hating on them, right? Because we all have our lane, but mine's just as good as theirs. But they got the distribution, supremely talented. They and they do it full time. When you do something full time, you should be on point. Agreed. So this listen, man, just focus on you, focus on perfecting your craft, and don't let the pursuit of perfection get in the way of progress. That's what I would tell anybody. Yeah, no, that's dope. Now, you spot on. So before I started, I used to listen to Earn Your Leisure like yeah. a ton. But after I started, I stopped listening to them for all those reasons that you mentioned. Because right. I joked with my homie. I was like, because I said, I don't want to get out there and start saying, deserve your rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I'm just biting off of them the whole right. time. Yeah. But, but I wanted then, the tips initially. But listen, man, in those dudes, they doing like amazing things. Yeah. Like I just saw like they in Switzerland, they was in the Alps and they started off like me and you. Yeah, absolutely. You start looking at some of, if you look at some of their older podcasts and production, mm-hmm. just like what we got going on for real. Yeah. I started from yeah. episode one with them before I started my podcast about four months. That's all I listened to was them yeah. for about four months. Them million dollars worth the game. Yeah. Uh, they started off sounding like they was in a basement somewhere. <laughs> That's that's what I'm saying, man. They were consistent and they met the right people. They got the right backing, right? I think Earn Your Leisure's got that revolt money, got that puffy money behind them. They connected with Steve Harvey and it's blowing up. And once you get that money coming in and then, you know, you start seeing the production quality get better, right? The sound, the video, you got you got interns helping you. So it's like, I can focus on content. I can focus on, yep. you know, getting better at my craft. I got somebody who's going to post to IG, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. I got somebody who's going to be calling the guests and be like, hey, yo, can we get you on the show? Can we book you? So you got somebody booking you got somebody doing social media you got somebody doing your wardrobe yep you got people then you start you start expanding you got people giving you shit so then you know you fly to death because people giving you stuff man but it takes consistency it may never happen but guess what i'm still fulfilled because as long as i can reach one person i've done my job as long as you have reached one person warren g when you talk about man listen man i went through this with my oldest daughter i'm watching you i'm reading what you put down you know if you help one person, you done your job. I appreciate that, bro. And that's exactly how I feel because it was about a matter of fact, bro. I'll even share this with you as you said that even into last season before I went through this, recently I had changed it from like the whole young millionaire and training thing. Granted, it's still financially based and all that good stuff. But my thing was instead of me making a million dollars, I was like, I want to make an impact on a million people. Yeah. Because if you can touch a million people, then you the money's there. Like that goes without saying (laughs) if you touch a million people. And so that's been my my big thing. Like you said, making that impact, man, because the thing that I really love about the man listen show, because I listen to y'all quite a bit as well, is that y'all bring a very open, real perspective. But y'all keep the I'm going to say drama out. Y'all talk about stuff going on, but it's not just it's not like it's a reality show podcast. Y'all still talk about real issues. And that's what I really appreciate because it's almost like news. (laughs) I appreciate you. Yeah, we're not talking about stuff that's not going to be benefit the culture. We yeah, we're not about all that. We're gonna if we talk about it, we're gonna talk about okay, like what can we do to be an influence to change or to take people away from this type of behavior or this type of mindset. And I agree with you, man. Young millionaire in training, making a million dollars. Million dollars ain't what it used to be. Nah. 
Absolutely not. I still ain't got it. I would still take it, but it ain't yeah. what it, it ain't yeah, what it is. And you guys, people on social media talking about, man, I'm making a million dollars a month. I'm making ten million dollars a month. Sometimes I'm like, man, is that cap? Is it or is it something that everybody can do realistically? Right? Because they're not telling you everything. We just talked right. about it. it's the highlights on Instagram. It's the highlights on TikTok. But you talk about wealth building. I'm 45 years old. I'll be 46 in a couple of weeks. And the biggest piece of wealth that you can have is your health. Amen. When I was severely depressed and I went through that mm-hmm. severe depression, and I was suicidal. I was very negative, a lot of self-loathing, negative self-talk. And my children saw that. Mm-hmm. So I had to invest in them to make sure they don't they didn't emulate and take on what I demonstrated to them at the time. When I was severely depressed, I stopped taking care of myself. While I've always been a big guy, I always worked out, at least tried to eat right. You got to try to do the right things. I wasn't, then listen, I wasn't doing anything. I'm not trying, I'm going to eat whatever. And it took a toll on my health. I was able to get a lot of it back, but you talk about dental work, your insides, your heart, all that stuff. Health is wealth. And that is, that's a cliche, but it's for real when you get older. And you're talking about investments that you can make to build your bank account. Right now, what you're doing is talking about investing in your mind, your body, mm-hmm. your spirit, so that, that you can be wealthy and, and abundant and all those things when you get to be 45 like me and older. So you're on the right path, brother. Appreciate that. No, you spot on. That's exactly where I'm at because- for me, all my ambition was gone because my mind wasn't right. I didn't care nothing about no businesses. My wife, she took over a whole lot of the stuff while I was down because I just yeah. didn't feel like doing it. It was mm-hmm. like it was a struggle just to get up in the morning most days. Like I didn't feel yeah. like doing any of that stuff. Nah, you spot on with that. And I definitely appreciate that. So when you were dealing with it, I know you said you poured yourself into your podcasting, your business, hobbies. So what was that process like for you? Because different things work for different people. Uh, I, I had to go to that. I had to go to therapy, bro. Like, make no mistake. Some of the things that I did in terms of getting something for me to do, mm-hmm. in terms of the podcast, exercise, mm-hmm. finding stuff to challenge, riding a bike. I like riding my bike. That's peaceful. That can clear my mind. That's time right. strictly for me. Strictly for me. Some people they like lifting weights. Find something. Recently, I didn't, I'm trying to get into martial arts. I'm trying not to get beat up too much by these young chaps, whatever. But yeah. it's, something, it's something different to where I can challenge myself and to keep myself going and to keep my keep my health. Trying to get my health right. Yeah. But therapy was the main piece. Yeah, and I agree. I talked about you know, my ex wife. I felt as if I didn't realize I was as transparent as I was to her and my friends and my children. I felt, man, I got under control. But inside, I was a mess. Got to the point, man, where it just wasn't sustainable. And she she was like, I'm not doing this no more. Not doing it no more. And I didn't want to leave. So I was like, what I got to do? Found a therapist. I had EAP of my job. Found me a black man. Found me a black man uh, that's in, in my area. Now, I'm a big proponent of finding somebody that looks like you somebody that you could be comfortable with and talk like you want to talk. And if you're with somebody, if you have a therapist and you don't feel comfortable saying, speaking how you want to speak, talking how you want to talk, when you're at your most vulnerable moment, 
vulnerable moments, find a new one. Agreed. And I found a brother, Osiris Wade. He's here in Dallas, Fort Worth. He's an awesome brother. And, you know, I break my confidentiality by talking about that because I, I want to lead by example and tell people how to save themselves. But I found this brother, man, and he helped me. And he had a men's group as well. He had a men's group. And I remember going to him and just because you start doing something different, you know, how many times you've been and you talking about you married, you like, oh, okay, I'm going to do different. I'm going to do different. And it, it may last for two or three days and then you're right mm-hmm. back to what you used to do. Yep. So, you know, I was like, man, I'm going to therapy. I'm going to therapy. Don't leave me. I'm going to therapy. And then I saw where he had a men's group and I went to her and I said, uh, hey, so if I do therapy and I go to the men's group, will you stay? And I like telling the story because her response was funny, but it was real at the time. And she said, you better not miss one fucking meeting. <laughs> and these kids are not an excuse. Because that, that would have been me. Oh, shit, he got it. Jalen got a tournament. I got to get into the tournament. I'll reschedule whatever. It's not, nah, man. You better not miss one fucking meeting. And when I started going to the men's group, I... There was a couple other brothers there and they we were all we was all going through it, right? We yeah. was all broken men at the time. And this one brother was talking about living with his wife who was depressed. And he was describing the pain that he was going through with her negativity, how she handled the children, how she, her approach to life, and how much of a burden it was just for him to come home every day because he didn't want to be around that. And I started looking at him and then everything that he was describing about his wife, he was describing me. And I was like, damn, I'm really doing that to my family. And I was just like, wow, man, this got to stop. And I shared that with him. And, you know, I laughed about it. Other sessions, he'd be talking about it. He'd be like, man, I'm sorry, man. I'm like, nah, man, keep going, bro. Like, you're helping yeah. me. So I said, I to say, man, therapy. Yeah. Therapy is the main thing. Eventually, my wife at the time, we stuck it out, got myself healed pretty, pretty much, I'd say about 90, 95%. And we still tried to make it work. Eventually, it didn't work. And then when it didn't work anymore, I scheduled a couple appointments with my therapist and I got myself right. And I'm in a yeah. place in my life, man, where I'm extremely happy. That's life cool. is great. But the minute I feel off, I'm going to book that appointment. And I'm going to go see Brother Osiris. I call him Brother Osiris because now he's a black man. He's one of my frat brothers. I'm going to go book with him and we're going to get it tight. So therapy, man, there's no shame in it. I want brothers to do that. Yeah, agree. No, therapy was really, has been really big for me. I don't even want to speak about it past tense. I still actively go. It's been super big for me. And one of the things that I found about myself, the first probably two or three appointments, because I think I'm about 11 or 12 in now, I was almost making excuses for why I was there. Like, man, I'm good, but my wife, she said I'm a little off. I'm getting a panic attack. I was like, yeah, let me do something. I I understand how people work, and I didn't really understand in full. And sometimes, like you said, being able to say those things out loud, and I totally agree with that point you made about being able to talk as yourself and just be able to be real, and you don't have to feel like you're holding back while you're in there or that you have to be PC or whatever the case may be. That was real big for me. So actually... Interesting fact, because I had a guy and I also had a woman therapist initially. I was going to both because the woman, she was available sooner. It was an older white lady. Yeah, it didn't last long because I just naturally felt uncomfortable talking to a woman about certain things and especially an older white lady. Like I just felt uncomfortable. 
Listen, man, let me tell you something. I went and think of not the last time, but the time before last when I saw my therapist talking about a situation and we were working through it. He was challenging me and pushing me on some things. And I brought up the example about a slave leaving the plantation. And if you as that slave, you have an opportunity, decision to make, you want to just be free and be happy or go back and confront master for the shit that they did to you. And he got it. And we worked through it. And then we got to a point where I felt like I had my answer. Then I had to stop myself. And I said, that's why representation matters. Because had you been a white lady or a white man, that shit would have been mad uncomfortable. But we talked through that. And then we dapped up and hugged, man. And it was, I got the breakthrough that I needed for that situation at that time. So, Yes, representation matters 100%. And I think that's across the board. I would say a white man are probably more comfortable with a white man, or maybe not. And it may be brothers who are more comfortable or who don't care. And they can say they can be Chinese, Arab, whatever. But I think most of us feel more comfortable and at home talking to somebody who looks like us and has the similar type of cultural background that we have. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, because even one of the things I share, because, you know, part of this journey, for me is not only what I'm doing. Yes, it's to help people, but this is actually a part of my personal therapy in my mind, me being so transparent because mm-hmm. I'm just not letting anything hold me hostage. Yep. Like it's okay for me to be a regular person. And there are still some things that I don't necessarily share. Like one of the things I actually will say out loud, even if most people notice, because there's been things that's going on with my marriage. My wife doesn't necessarily want to be as transparent as I am. So most of the things that I'm very transparent about are about me. (laughs) I haven't really said anything like this is what my wife and I were going through at the time. X, Y, Z. I mentioned that it was some stuff because I wasn't myself. So we were going through things, but I don't necessarily say those. However, you need to, you need to respect our boundaries. Exactly. Exactly. And bro, matter of fact, we're going to talk about that next about setting healthy boundaries. Even within that context, me just learning to be transparent, like no more than other people have their highlight reels and all those things. Like I can be me, like I'm free to be me and nobody can hold that against me because we, like you said, people get so stuck in the perfection. I was like, I don't have to be a perfectionist. Not that I just got to write my whole world out loud, but I don't have to be a perfectionist and I'm holding myself to an unfair standard. Man, I have a friend group, man, that is full of dope individuals. Yeah. I got attorneys, doctors, high power uh, executive business prefer- they're making six figures and beyond these senior level directors I and mean, even people who aren't in business that way i have like people who are dope artists whatever endeavor they're in they are the bomb at that and we talked about that comparison piece i went through a period in my career where I felt like, man, damn, I just feel like the biggest loser. I feel like, man, I feel like I ain't shit, man, because doing this, do that, man. And I done made some bad decisions career-wise, financial, and I'm here struggling. And that that comparison was killing me as well. But the thing that, that killed me was that was me putting that pressure on myself. My friends 
those people who are CEOs and presidents, like literally, I got a who's who, and these are my folks. If you like, hey man, like I got this issue, let me call this person right here, but we we can get it taken care of. When they talk to me and they say, man, dude, I, I really admire you. I'm so proud of you. And I know it's genuine. I talked about my podcast and I was talking about how like the friends and family who I thought would support didn't support. But then I would see people who were family members that I don't even really talk to or an associate, somebody I knew and, you know, we weren't tight and they'll come up to me and they'll be singing a hook to my song or they'll be like, man, I listen to every single show. And I'm like, word on my journey. When you talk about perfectionism, talking about your self-image, what you look like in your mind versus what everybody else sees. Yep. If you can conquer that and become at peace with yourself, I promise things will be fine. Agree. Agree. No, that's a whole bar, bro. Because I share an example with you. This, let me see, past Saturday, one of my family members had recently passed and back home and everybody went to the funeral and quite a few members of the family were there. And one set of the family members actually came over to my mom's house afterwards. And uh, I'm going to call him my uncle. He cousin, you know how we get down, yeah. but <laughs> I call him my uncle because of the age difference. Yeah. But he had asked my mom, he was like, yeah, follow up. They call me OJ, but that's neither here nor there. OJ mm-hmm. on social media. And he was like, man, he's been doing so good. And talking about, has he hit his million dollars yet? And my mom was like, nah, he ain't quite there. And then my cousin, that's my age, she was like, he close though. And it was so interesting to me because this is in the midst of me coming out of this five, six month period of me going through things. And I was like, they have such a high opinion of me. And I was like, I'm just trying to get back to myself. (laughs) I was like, I'm just trying to get back to me. So that was, like you said, not understanding why people think about you from the outside. Um, but I'm sure they get it too, man. Like sometimes, a lot of time, man, we just too hard on ourselves. Agree. Yeah, talk to my people, man. Especially like when I went through my divorce, man, I was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Damn, man, shit, I'm a failure. And then I went home. I talked to my people. Shit, you mean you tried? Yeah, you made it 15 years, man. That's like a lot longer than a lot of other people made. And that pressure that just was like, damn, they ain't gonna judge me. No. They here for me. Mm-hmm. So we put a lot of self pressure. Now that pressure. Is good in some regards. I want to be successful. So like me constantly, like, let me get this person on my podcast. Let me get this out. Let me edit this clip. Let me do this. Let me multitask while I'm doing this. Let me get this going at the same time. Now, that type of pressure and motivation is good, but you got to have the right amount of balance. Absolutely. And if you start to find you skewing more negative than positive or your happiness is being put in jeopardy because of you know what you're trying to have going on. Mm. You need to seriously consider moving on or trying to find a different way to handle what you're trying to handle. Mm. Agree, bro. And actually, I keep it hundred with you. I'll tell you my exact thought from the beginning of the show when you were sharing about the divorce. You were like, "We were married for 15 years." That was exactly what I thought. I was like, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> "I was like, that's a long time." I like probably just ran his course. I didn't think of it like, "Man, he was stupid for getting married." That yeah. wasn't the yeah. direction that my brain even went when you said it. Yeah. But when you're in it, right? <laughs> right. Like I said, I got dope friends, and right. some of them married beautiful women. And when I talk about, I mean, looks, personality, everything. And I tell every young black man this: your biggest flex is the woman that you decide to be with. She could be to your detriment, or she can make you level up. And most brothers I know, if they married a woman who was about something, that woman leveled them up. 
I can't tell you how many dudes I know who were like in limbo, not knowing what they wanted to do with life, just whatever. And as soon as they got with a tight sister, they got with a tight black woman, boom, the trajectory of their life changed. Health, mental health. They started making more money because they had a direction. They had something to motivate them. The right woman will level up your life. I talk about my ex-wife. She saved my life. I tell that all the time. Like if she hadn't had that intervention, I'd be done. I wouldn't be here. I probably would have carried it out. And really the only thing that really saved me is because I'm egotistical too. And I was just like, man, can't nobody take care of these motherfuckers like I can take care of them. So yep. I got shit. Mm-hmm. Somebody else been a fuck it up. Let me, let me stay around and take care of these motherfuckers. And I'm here, bro. So yeah, find you a good woman, man. Find you a good woman. And not only just, it ain't about her leveling you up. You need to level her up. You need to be handling your business as a man. You need to be taking care of your body and your looks and how you dress and how you treat her and how you make her home, the home that you provide for her, a place of peace. So it goes both ways. But I'm telling you, we as black men, we benefit more from having a dope black woman in our life. Agreed. I'm a product of that totally and completely on that. So speaking with the boundaries, that was something that I found that I had to do, especially like for my mental health, figuring out how not to just automatically, quote unquote, cut people off, but at the same time, create healthy boundaries so that I could grow in the way. So what's your opinion on that? Man, I struggle with that. Mm -hmm. I still struggle with it because... I'm a giver. I give, you know me, man, if I'm your friend, I'm loyal and I'll give you my last. Literally, will give you my last. Now, you talk about being a millionaire in training, that ain't the way to do it. You need to be able to set boundaries. And I have when there's been certain people who are like, nah, man, they ain't going to get right. Or this person thinks I'm dumb. They're trying to play me or whatever. I've set those boundaries. But as you progress in life that, you know, it's definitely necessary. Right now, the biggest challenge that I have is I have grown children and setting appropriate boundaries with them. I want to help them. Most of my kids, you know, they on point. Like They don't call and ask me for anything. They do what they got to do. They may make decisions that I don't agree with for their life, but I always tell people, as long as you ain't on my payroll, as long as I'm not giving you money or my money's not involved with it, you don't get my opinion. But the minute you on my payroll, you mm-hmm. asking me for money, then my opinion comes with it. About your life. <laughs> I like that's it. How, that's how it works. I like it. Setting that boundary with them, because like I, I told you, so many years, my job was, hey, man, let me, that's here to save the day. That's the type of father I had. You know, Marvin Austin Banks Sr., if I told him, say, hey, man, I am in Cartagena, Columbia, in trouble. I need help. That man would have found a way to send me whatever I needed to get home or he was going to come get me. That's the type of love and security I wanted my children to have. So that hover helicopter parent, I was that. And sometimes they know I was the best. But right now, to answer your question, I'm learning to set those boundaries with them. Like, Mm. nah, man. Yeah, I'd like to fix this problem for you, baby, but you wouldn't have to fail. Mm -hmm. You have to figure this out. Because honestly, I'm not helping if I keep bailing you out. You know, you're going to be all right. And it's hard for them, but I'm going to tell you, man, it's, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but my mom was was corporal punishment queen. She beat the hell out of me. Your parents say, hey, this hurt me more than it hurts you. And I was like, bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) But nah, for real, it does hurt because you don't want to see your kid fail. Right. No. 
But then you just like, man, sometimes, man, they got to run into that wall. Mm-hmm. It's not about running the walls. You got to run into that wall and let them run to that wall as fast as they fucking can. Yep. And hopefully it knocks some sense into them and they learn to do different the next time. So okay. it's a process, man. It's a process, but you got to be committed to it with family members telling them no. Like when I was married, there were certain family members who I knew they was messy, man. And I set those boundaries. Nah, listen, we're not going to be around them. We're not, we're going to be cordial, but we're not going to be hanging out. I would tell my wife, nah, I know that's my cousin and she's acting great right now. Y'all not finna be homegirls. Y'all not finna do X, Y, and Z. And that's not me being domineering or being a dictator. That's me protecting my home. Right. And vice versa with her. Like, nah, we're not going over there. We're not hanging out with them. Don't even talk to their kids. I, she was protecting me as a husband. Practicing setting those boundaries and sticking to it really helped especially if you're married. Agree. Yeah, no, that's great. And you spot on with that. Because the reason I had asked, because I am, I just dropped the episode, I guess, about here last week on forgiveness. And one of the things I was talking about that's helped me a lot was learning how to forgive people, but understanding how to still set a boundary. You're not required to give people access to mess you over again or get over on you. That's not something you're required to do. But at the same time, you just don't have to cast them into the sea of uh, forgetfulness <laughs> and just act like they don't exist. You ain't got to do that either. So like, learning. I might not be the right one. I'd be like, fuck them motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, like, and see, and I'm classically like that. I'm, Cause I'm. You're uh, right though. You're right. You are right. That's the way to be because if you holding on to that anger and that resentment, then they have control over you. And I figured that out a long time ago. I'm walking around pissed off, angry, blood pressure sky high because I keep replaying how you wronged me. But the minute you're able to let that go and you can forgive, but you can never forget. You can forgive them, but that doesn't mean that and sometimes that apology that you were waiting for may never come. Mm-hmm. And you got to find a way to reconcile. How am I going to make peace with that situation? I might not be able to make peace with that person. How do I make peace with that situation so I can let it go and I can move on? I try to live my life. I man. I just had a conversation with my brother. When I'm, and I'm the youngest of four boys. And he and I are not as close as we used to be. And he was, we talked about it and I said, man, you pulled away from me, bro. Things, different things that happened or whatever. We still love each other. I know if I called him and said, bro, I need you. He coming, vice versa. Right. And he said, man, I was going through something. I was trying to figure it out. And I respect that. I don't like, I like how he handled it. But he said, man, I was going through something, man. I need to figure it out. But I also told him, I said, you know what, though? It bothered me, but I didn't lose no sleep over it. You know why? Because I live a life where I try not to do anybody wrong. You know, I try to help. I try to be a servant to help people. But even if I'm not able to do that, you're not going to be able to say, this man wronged me. And if I did, I'll be the first to say, listen, I'm sorry. I apologize because I'm not perfect. Yeah, I didn't piss people off. I didn't hurt people's feelings. I'm not a dirtbag. I don't dirtbag people. But if I make a mistake, I'll be the first. Man, I'm sorry. I apologize. And just because you say I'm sorry and I apologize don't mean that's going to fix that. Right. They ain't mm-hmm. got to forgive you. They don't. But that's part of being a man and being accountable for you. Absolutely. There was a lot of things, as you probably can attest to when from when you were married. One of the things I recently apologized to my wife about was actually not communicating properly. 
And what I mean by that was I would have little issues and I wouldn't say anything because even in the back of my head, although I know it should be equal, I still operate under the happy wife, happy conundrum. So I wouldn't say yeah. anything because I was like, it ain't that yeah. big of a deal, whatever. I can deal with me as long as she good and I ain't got to hear no mouth. I'm good. And then I get so fed up and then I'm coming at her in some kind of way. I'm bringing some energy. And so she's yeah. matching my energy. That's aggressive. Exactly. And you're not addressing. You're not addressing. Exactly. <laughs> I, I always feel like that happy wife, happy life shit. People told me that when I first got married. And I said, man, that's some bullshit. And it is. And it is. And it bullshit. is. Every both people need to be you know, equally happy. Yeah. Everybody needs, and y'all need to learn how to. Because what's going to happen is that anger, that frustration is going to be mm -hmm. misdirected. It's going to come out yep. at the wrong time. Yep. And it's going to be disproportionate. Yep, she'd have, been, she'd have been and did something, moved your keys or whatever. You're gonna mm -hmm. blow up. You're always moving something. I can't yeah, ever find yeah. it. <laughs> they, they always do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I ain't married no more. I was married 15 years. They always do that. They move your shit and then you'd be like, where my, where, my, where my stuff at? I had it right here. I don't know. Yep. Did, did you even look for it? I wouldn't have to look for it if you'd have left mm -hmm. it where I put it. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> but exactly. I'm just saying, you're gonna overreact and it's gonna eat at you and eventually it's gonna eat at both of y'all. Oh. Being able to respectfully communicate is something that, in my personal opinion, couples that are going to make it are able to do. I wasn't able to do that in my marriage. And it could have been, it's how I communicate. And I'm going to take a lot of the blame on that because sometimes I'll talk to other people and I'll be like, God damn, am I, what the fuck's wrong with me, man? I'm trying to get out what I'm thinking and everything I say. These motherfuckers just, it, it's, it's not going how I want it, how I want it to go. Right. Now, I could, I would like to say most of them are just bad listeners, right? right. <laughs> but there's one common denominator and it's me. So mm -hmm. I got to figure out a way to communicate in a way mm -hmm. that and yep. gets my point across and gets the objective that I want to achieve done. So okay. I don't have an answer to that, but I think whoever can figure that out with a relationship, they'll be doing a lot better than most other people. Yeah. And that was the thing. And even through that, what I what was working for me, bro, was me growing my emotional vocabulary so that I could fully execute, even using that key situation, like something I would say to my wife now, because before that would have been how I would handle it. I would just I wouldn't have said anything the first five times she did it. And then I probably would have almost blown up yeah. right mm -hmm. now. I would say something. She moved the keys, babe, that I cannot keep up with things when you move them. I know you, you probably putting it where it's supposed to be. But I put it there so that I will remember that it's there. And when you moved it, I can't remember. And then you know that I start getting upset when I'm running late. And so now I'm running late because I had to spend 10 minutes looking for my keys. And so now I come off as I'm annoyed when we're in the car. Mm -hmm. And if you move it, I don't mind you moving it because I should have put it where it belonged. But could you say something to me if you do move it so that we're both aware and on the same page about it? <laughs> like those kind of things. And I just, instead of, why you always move my keys? That kind of thing. Just the way that I would handle it differently now. So I had to apologize about that because a lot of times she was just matching, matching my energy back. And then yeah. I was like, how you mad at me? You did something wrong. <laughs> you mad at me. Yeah, yeah, so those kind of things, man. And we as men need to be the leaders when it comes to that. Ooh, preach. We need to be the leaders when it comes to that, man. We need to be the, leader, the leaders in dictating how we want our marriage to be, how we want to communicate with one another, how we want to treat one another. I told you I've done a lot of different things, man. One of the things I've gotten into recently is meditation. Yeah, man, preach. 
being mindful. So I got with a young lady, young sister. I tried to do everything with everybody black. I tried to do everything with everybody black. And I got with this young sister, man. And we work on meditation and we work on being mindful because with all these things that I have going on, it's very easy to get to a place where you're doing something and instead of enjoying what you're doing at that time, you're thinking about tomorrow I got to edit this show. And tomorrow I got to make sure I post on this Instagram and that Instagram. I need to contact this vendor for this other thing I got going on. Then I got to try to see how I can secure more leads. And while your mind is going in all these different directions, you're not focusing on what's in front of you. Yep, I agree. So that happens if you go on vacation. And that happens too when you're spending time with your wife. I agree. You know, all that stuff, all that stuff, we're going to handle that stuff. But for these three hours or whatever, this evening, whatever, we're going to focus on you and I yeah. and be mindful of that. Turn the notification off when you're eating dinner, stay off social media, talk to one another. Yeah, I need her information because you spot on with everything yeah. you just said. Because that yeah. sounds like me in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. I'll link you up, man. I'll link you up. No, before we wrap up here, bro, any other thoughts or anything you want to leave? Nah, man, I'm a talker, man. So I've been talking a whole lot on this shit, man. But just if I want, if I could leave anything with anybody, if I want that they would take away from this, is don't be so hard on yourself, be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Look at what you're doing in life. Push yourself to be better. But at the same time, be kind to yourself. You can hold yourself accountable. You can say, okay, I need to be doing this. I need to be doing X, Y, Z. But if you're going to say that, make sure you do it. Take a step. Do something to continually to move forward, to continue to have progress. But at the same time, be kind to yourself along the way. Because life is short, man. Life is short. Life is precious. Over these last few weeks, man, there's been so much death. Myself, losing family members, illness. So this life ain't promised to us, man. So be kind to yourself and try to enjoy it as much as you can. Nah, I appreciate that. Once again, this was my good brother, Marvin. I appreciate you coming through. Brother, we're gonna have to have you back again sometime. Cause I got I probably thought about three of the things that we need to yeah. talk about just while yeah, <laughs> doing the conversation. No, but good. once again, this is the host, producer, business owner, author, and all around good brother, Marvin. Make sure you check down in the description, catch all the social media. And until next time, I will get at you all and y'all be good.